On my second night, Al Pacino sitting in my back row. That is my first diary that began it all. I hope you guys will enjoy reading and listening to my diary as I tell you about my surprise visit from Al Pacino on the first night of my one girl show, Sugar Happens. Stay tuned. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Diary of an Actress, the podcast version. This is Max here with Rachel Bailey. Hey. So the first diary talks about how Al Pacino was in your audience. Uh, when when the show first started, were you in a good place, like financially, mentally? Were you excited about this first show? Yes, I was excited. And no, I, yes, I, no, I was in a horrible place. <laughs> Absolutely horrible. Uh, you know, my show came out of chaos. It came out of being a broke, struggling actress, but with tons of ambition and optimism. And so I think out of the chaos came the humanity of this crazy show. So (laughs) I think that's the best place to make art, not when you're comfortable and calm, but when you're turbulent. So. So what was it? What was it like having Pacino come to the first show? Like, when did you first notice it? When did you first see it? Okay, so I had no idea. I just know that I was in a 50 seat theater and there were some seats taped off. And my director, David Lee Strasberg, told me that those seats were for his family. So, of course, I believed it. And um, that was actually uh, unbelievable. Uh, The, you know. A th- beginning of what was supposed to be three night run on this brand new show, Sugar Happens, my one woman show. And uh, I came out that night and it was like everyone was frozen. That's the only way I can describe it. There was so much tension in the air that I couldn't breathe. And I literally wanted to run off the stage, which is not a good feeling as an actress. And I was at the very beginning of this uh, 45 minute show. So, so let's, uh, let's back it up just a little bit. How did you prepare for the show? Oh my Before God. We start talking about I that. prepare. <laughs> well, it began like, as you'll read in my diary, it was a whole routine that I had to go through. And uh, it, it began with like getting up and getting my coffee and going to the gym. Cause I was convinced, you know, I had to have perfectly flat abs. I had to be in the best shape ever. And so I figured whatever I did that morning, nine hours later would be showing. So it always began with the gym. And then it began with like a trillion emails, like come to my show tonight, come to my show tonight. And Were you this- emailing everybody individually. I was, I was emailing casting directors, producers, friends, everyone I could think of. And, you know, I had like postcards and flyers and in the beginning I wasn't as produced as I was later. I mean, I had like a makeshift flyer, but, uh, as time went on, I got a little bit more sophisticated with my marketing tools. And the first flyer was like a drawing of me with, you know, garters and one falling Mm -hmm. down. And it was kind of like cartoony and it went on to be like a polished, you know, postcard, um, with wardrobe and hair and makeup. But, um, yeah. So I had this whole routine of how I had to look and the mindset of like a champion, you know, I had to be in the best mindset. I, nothing could get in my way. And the whole day was planned around getting to the theater and then getting there early and rehearsing and running the show over and over and over. And then, uh, you know, I'm surprised I wasn't exhausted by the time I got on stage. Yeah. I can only imagine. Um, did you get the turnout that you were looking for there? 
Oh yeah. Like, yeah. And more. I mean, you know, yeah. So the Pacino thing was a total surprise. So I came out on stage. I was like completely nauseous because I didn't know what was going on. And I was like, be in the moment, be in the moment. And I connected with my friend in the front row. And I, you know, I got through that moment and actors that happens on stage. You know, you have a moment where something pulls you out and technique, thank God, got me back into that moment. And I finished the show. And um, then when I was done, I had a publicist, which was like, kind of a joke, but, uh, I had a publicist who came up to me and was like, you know, who's here. And I had no idea. And she said, Al Pacino, and he's waiting outside to meet you. And then I realized why everyone was acting so funny in the audience, because in a 50 seat theater, when Al Pacino's, he was sitting in the last row, when he's in the room with you, like no one can breathe. He has such enormous talent and presence. So, um, I went outside and I had a chat with him and he was super cool and supportive. And what, what uh, some of the things that you talked about, if you remember. Yeah. He told me like, I remember when I felt like this and he was a struggling actor and that it was also familiar to him and that I did a great job and, you know, keep going. And he was very complimentary. And I told him, Oh my God, I wanted to meet you for so long. He's like, how come I didn't know? And I told him, you know, I want to work with him. Like it was so silly. I was like, I want to do theater with you. And he just couldn't have been kinder, honestly. And, uh, he, he sent a lot of people to come see my show. Did he hold a lot of people about me? Yes. And then he invited me to his shows and uh, he introduced me to Gary Marshall and then Gary Marshall and started inviting me to his stuff. And um, yeah, there were people that were showing up at my show every week that Al sent. Oh, I love to hear that. So you ended up then uh, after some time, I believe that you ended up doing the diaries in the LA independent. Do I have the timeline correct? Yeah. So I invited the LA independent or they heard about me. I don't know which. So after the show ran those three nights, I would do um, individual shows. And then I realized, oh, you know what? I just want to keep this going. So I found a classroom in Strasbourg where I was running Mm -hmm. the show. And uh, we turned it into a theater, a little theater for me. And I invited casting people and producers, et cetera, to come every Wednesday night. And the LA Independent, I think the editor came. And then he proposed to me, would you, would you do this as a column for our newspaper? Well, I was blown away. I hadn't yeah. really written much, but I saw it as a huge opportunity. So I said, yes. And so that's how did it feel started. having your face in a bustier on the LA independent going around the city to everyone's houses? <laughs> it was crazy. So we had this huge larger than life poster in the front window of Strasbourg and uh, I'm wearing a black bustier and I had red hair and it was crazy and it was up there for years. And uh, yeah, that same picture they used in the LA independent. And I was on the front page of their newspaper and the papers go all over LA. And um, it was, it brought a lot of people to my show. They were like, who is this crazy girl who's doing a show every Wednesday night? And I'd put out wine and cookies and, you know, it was really like grassroots theater. And uh, so the columns were so cool because I found my voice and I got to talk about all this crazy stuff that I was experiencing. And I I was so candid, like it freaks me out how candid I was in those articles. Go back and read those there. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hopefully you guys are going to appreciate, you know, I didn't hold back, you know, from the truth of, of what it was like, because from the outside, things look so easy and they look so polished. You know, you have a nice, you know, picture and flyer and, but no, it was like a big, big mess behind that. And, um, I, I just love writing. I couldn't wait to write the diaries every week. It got me really started on writing and producing. So do you think as somebody that was struggling, you know, financially and like just being a struggling actor and artist out in LA, was that something that was like a good outlet for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I needed to have a say, you know, part of my one woman show was that I like always had one line parts and I never got to say anything. And uh, Sherry Coben wrote me a show based on my life, which gave me the opportunity to finally like have a voice. And I think the diaries really um, allowed me to go deeper into my own voice where Sherry had been doing my writing. And now I got to find my voice and talk about the process. And I think the editor thought that would be interesting to people to see what really goes on behind the curtain. So how do you think like actors or artists currently that are struggling out in LA or in Boston or wherever they may be, like what, why would they find the diary useful? What would be good for them? Well, you know, struggling actors are everywhere. It's very hard business. And I like that you mentioned Boston because, you know, I'm from Boston and he's there. Yep. <laughs> it's not just some random city. You pull, pull yep, up. It's a random city. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> like Pittsburgh. Um, yep. No, I'm, you know, I hope that people, my diaries are to give hope because I am like this incredible optimist. It's very weird. Like it's just in my DNA. I don't know where I get it from, but my diary you know, it gave me a purpose to find the hope. And it was genuine. It was hope that I found for myself and I wanted to share it. So every diary has a uh, little gift at the end of it and something that hopefully actors will, you know, take and run with so they can do their thing. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm super excited to go back and uh, read through some of these uh, diaries. So uh, after you listen to this podcast, the full length of the diary is actually available at diaryofanactress.com. So you can go back and uh, read the diary that we've been talking to uh, Rachel about. So I want to thank you all for joining. This is Diary of an Actress with Rachel Bailey. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I can't wait to talk to you next week. Yeah.